Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Today, Jesus, the one whom Scripture calls the servant of the Lord, reminds us of the wonderful way that he served a world of sinners. He gave his life as a ransom to set us free. And as we in faith embrace what he has done for us, he calls on us to serve our Lord and to serve one another in humble Christian love. Our sermon today is based on Mark chapter 10, verses 35 to 45. Our message is entitled, Saved to Serve. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. This morning's gospel lesson and the words that will serve as our sermon text today, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, approached him and said, Teacher, we wish that you would do for us whatever we ask. He said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Promise that we may sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? Or be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with? We can, they replied. Jesus told them, You will drink the cup that I am going to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am going to be baptized with. But to sit at my right or at my left is not for me to give, rather These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard this, they were angry with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My dear family in Christ, a young single man was talking on the phone with his mother and told her excitedly, Mom, I I think I met the woman of my dreams. That's wonderful, she said. Have you gone out on a date with her? And he said, not yet. She said, you should invite her to come over to your house for dinner. The following week, he and his mother were talking on the phone again. She asked him about his love interest, and he said, Well, I don't think I'm going to be seeing her again. Oh, no, I thought you were going to invite her over for dinner. I did, he said. She refused to cook me anything. You know, jokes aside, that man's selfish attitude reveals an ugly truth about human nature. Serving others doesn't come naturally, does it? That sinful nature inside all of us leaves us viewing humbly serving other people as something that's somehow beneath us. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't think that way? What if Jesus had reacted to his saving mission of coming down from heaven to earth to set us free 
from the devastation of death and the stranglehold of sin by saying, why should I do that? I'm the almighty son of God. Why should I go and serve sinners? Today, dear friends, we have a wonderful opportunity to learn from Jesus about humble servants. The master servant himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, helps us this morning to see that we have been saved to serve. The events of this text took place while Jesus and his disciples were making their way to Jerusalem. In just a matter of days, Jesus, the ultimate servant, would serve a world of sinners by laying down his life for us on the cross. In sad irony, while Jesus was considering the way to serve the world, his disciples were considering ways to receive prestige and power and glory. And so on their way to Jerusalem, two of his disciples, James and his brother John, had a request for Jesus. Teacher, we wish that you would do for us whatever we ask. Well, I guess if there's a glimmer of hope in their request, it would be that they had this confidence in the almighty power of their Savior and their friend to be able to do for them whatever they asked, but their request is based in selfish arrogance. Do for us whatever we ask. Have you found yourself having that kind of an attitude when it comes to your relationship with the Lord? Isn't there a part of us that wants to view the God of heaven and earth as little more than a spiritual vending machine? Look, God, I've put in my time. I've gone to church, tried to be a good person. I've tried to carry out your will. Now it's time for you to do for me whatever it is that I'm telling you you need to do for me. But they came to Jesus with a request. They said, promise that we may sit one at your right and the other one at, and, and one at your left, in your glory. James and John wanted the positions of power and prestige in Jesus' kingdom. Now, at this point, they were likely laboring under the false understanding that Jesus had come into the world to set up some kind of an earthly kingdom, that he had come to be a bit of a, a worldly messiah. And so they're requesting that they would receive the, the positions of power and prestige in that kingdom. They wanted to be top-notch in, in Jesus' cabinet. Jesus wanted to help them see things very differently. And so he said, you do not know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Remember during his anguished hours in the Garden of Gethsemane how Jesus prayed to his Father in heaven, Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And then he added, yet not what I want, but what you want, Father. The cup that Jesus referred to there and here in our text is a cup of suffering, the bitter suffering and death that Jesus would drink from. James, John, can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? Jesus, again, he's referring to his coming suffering and death. It would be something that he would undergo, something that would be poured out on him in order to save us. So, James, John, how about it? Can you go through the suffering and death that I'm about to go through? Though they didn't fully understand what Jesus was referring to. James and John boldly replied, we can 
Jesus, in response to their confident response, tells them that they would undergo suffering and death for their Savior's sake. In fact, in Acts chapter 12, we're told that James was eventually put to death by King Herod. And John, of course, was eventually exiled to the island of Patmos because he was boldly proclaiming the name of the Savior. They did eventually undergo suffering and death for the sake of proclaiming Christ to the world. But notice what Jesus is doing here. James and John wanted power and prestige and glory. They wanted to be great. And Jesus needed to teach them that this power and this glory that they were seeking after would come not in this world, but in the world to come. First, before entering heavenly glory, both for Jesus and for his followers, comes humble service and self-sacrifice. First the cross, then the crown. And Jesus is helping us to understand that greatness in his kingdom Greatness in the Savior's life and the measure of greatness in the lives of those who are blessed to be his followers is humble and faithful, self-sacrificing service. James and John didn't understand that yet. Neither did the other disciples. So they got angry when they heard what James and John had requested. It was time for a team meeting. So Jesus called his disciples together and said, you know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but that is not the way it is to be among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you will be a slave of all. Servant. A slave of all. Does that sound appealing to you? When you're already late for work and you're stuck in bumper-to-bumper traffic, and then there's that one driver that wants to squeeze his or her way into your lane, are you happy to keep your foot on the brake and and wave them through, or do you kind of let them through mumbling under your breath or just pretend that they don't exist? When you finally have been able to plop down in your favorite chair after a long, hard day, and 37 seconds later, one of the kids says from the other room, hey, can you come here and help me for a minute? Are you eager to serve? Kids, when it's your turn to line up for recess or get in lunch line or to let somebody have a turn at recess, are you happy to say, look, you go ahead, you be first, I'll, I'll be last, it's fine. When it comes to washing the dishes or loading the dishwasher, are you happy to jump in and serve? Or are you thinking to yourself, look, it's not my turn. I did it last time. See what I mean? The servant and slave business doesn't come naturally at all, does it? Service. It's more like serve us, right? We want you to do for us whatever we ask. Friends, that's precisely why I need to be huddled right there with Jesus and the Twelve today and every single day to listen to Jesus say something that changes everything. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life 
as a ransom for many. A ransom. Seventeen million dollars. That's the ransom price currently being demanded by a Haitian gang that has kidnapped 17 people, 16 Americans, one Canadian citizen, a group of missionaries and their children serving in Haiti. $17 million, $1 million per soul is the price that they're demanding as a ransom to buy those loved ones back. What if every person in the whole wide world had been kidnapped? That seemed a little outlandish. It happened. Remember that back in Eden when God made Adam and Eve, he made them in his own image. They were holy and sinless in perfect harmony with their Lord, in perfect fellowship with their God. And then Satan came and hissed his lies. And Adam and Eve gave in to that temptation and deliberately disobeyed God. And by that sin, Satan kidnapped the human race. Adam and Eve lost that perfect fellowship with God, and they passed their sinfulness on to their children and their children right on down to every single one of us. The reality is that we are born into this world, alienated from God, yes, but hostages of Satan. But Jesus bought us back. That Redeemer who bought us back, he is the ransom price. He went to the cross. He drank every single drop of that bitter cup of suffering. He paid the ransom price demanded with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And he set us free. Set us free forever from the punishment that all of our sins deserved. From the eternal death that should have been ours. From the control of that evil, old evil foe named Satan. Jesus set us free. Jesus is our ransom. And now we are his. Talk about humble service, right? The almighty and eternal Son of God becomes a baby in a mother's womb. He's placed in a manger bed. Set aside the full and constant use of his divine power and glory and lived among us as our substitute. Became our brother, died our death, suffered our hell, rose victorious, paid the ransom price and set us free. We are no longer hostages of the master deceiver. We are now free in Christ and we are saved to serve. I mean, hard as it is, imagine yourself for a few moments this morning having been kidnapped by some hardened criminal. Someone who couldn't care less about you or your family or your safety. It's got to be absolutely terrifying, right? And now imagine some kind soul taking his own hard-earned money to pay the ransom price to your kidnapper. 
I mean, imagine the sense of gratitude that would come washing over you as you step out of the darkness of that dungeon you were being held in and are set free into the light and as you rush to the arms of your waiting loved ones. Do you think that someone would have to force you to say thank you to the person who paid your ransom price? Would you find it an inconvenient hassle to pay attention to him? Well, now take it a step further. Imagine that this kind soul who paid the ransom price was someone whom you never really thought too much of. Someone whom you had treated poorly. Someone whom you had rebelled against. And yet, simply out of his wonderful grace, he showed you that unbelievable kindness. How would you respond? How will you respond to Jesus? Because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for you. Martin Luther once wrote, a Christian is a perfectly free master subject to none. And a Christian is a perfectly dutiful slave subject to all. See what he meant? Having been set free from sin and death and hell as sinners made saints, as ones that are bound for heaven thanks to what our Savior has done for us, we are no longer slaves to Satan or to sin. We are free. But now we want to use that freedom to become a servant of all, to serve the Lord our God in all that we do, and to serve one another in Christian love. If those kidnapped missionaries and their families are released, and I, I pray that they will be, do you think when they are returned back to their homes, they'll stay holed up in some dark dungeon somewhere, still living as though they were hostages? course not. They're going to cherish their freedom. They're going to live their life with a, a renewed sense of, of purpose and appreciation and richness, and they'll continue to serve their Lord in whatever way they're able. They'll enjoy what God has given them. Now think about this, friends. We are most like Christ when we are showing humble, Christian, self-sacrificing love and service to him and to one another. Jesus is telling us this morning that in his kingdom, true greatness comes through humble service. The followers of the risen Christ, stunned by the way that he served us, in grateful praise, make serving him and serving others a top priority. Jesus is our ransom price. We have been saved for an eternity of heavenly glory, and we have been saved to serve here in the meantime. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Christian, take a good long look at the cross of your dear Savior. Let it stand as a powerful and daily reminder that you have been served by greatness. And then go and live your life with your heart cleansed, with your spirit renewed, with your eyes wide open for opportunities in life 
to serve others in the humility of faith. The kind of sanctified life that your Savior calls great. Amen. Amen.